Jackie Tan and welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. On the show, we chat with experts, athletes, coaches and authors to educate and inspire you. We explore the body's incredible ability to heal, adapt and evolve so you can crush limitations, reconnect your body and mind and discover your extraordinary potential. Today on the show, I'm chatting with my good friend and go-to person for all my running advice, Chris Taylor. Chris has been running for almost 30 years and ran his best times in his early 50s. Yes, you heard correct. With best times of 2 hours 42 for a marathon and 1 hour 16 for half marathon. And did I mention that was in his early 50s? Chris has been coaching runners for the last 10 years and in 2015 he started his own running club Running Domain, a friendly and inclusive club that caters to runners of all speeds and abilities. Chris is an open book and his enthusiasm for running and helping others to run and achieve their goals is evident in the way he runs his club. And in the community he has built, we talk about running through your later years in life, how to start running, how to get back into running. We cover technique, we cover motivation and the little voice in your head that may tell you not to run, how to overcome all that, how to get faster and how to build your engine. I love it all. He was fantastic. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Check it out with Chris Taylor. Chris, thank you so much for chatting with me today. We have known each other since 2016 now, and you've pretty much been my go-to running expert. You've helped me uh, with my running and become more efficient. But before we get into all that running goodness, I'd love to know a bit more about you and your background because I know you got into running a little later on in life. Yes, I'm an old guy and I started <laughs> um, probably in my early 30s and I'd just come to this country from being a pom. I'm still a pom somewhere deep in there. But um, when I came to this country, um, took on the healthy Australian lifestyle. Uh, and I think I was working in an office and somebody asked, him, asked me if I wanted to be part of the corporate cup team. It was a bit of a shock to me when I started uh, exercising again in my kind of early to mid-30s. Um, and I wasn't very good at it. Um, so it, it took me, you know, we, we'd start, to, I, I was lucky enough to be working um, just off the southern parklands. So we'd go into the parklands, we'd sort of run around the park at lunchtime and I'd run 200 metres and hang on a fence for a while and then catch my breath and then do another 200 meters. That's how I started really, just kind of like a lot of people who kind of stumbled into it. Is that. I, I really like how you said that you were rubbish at first. When, when you feel rubbish, how do you, how do you keep going? <laughs> what do you tell yourself to go, to go through that again? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I figured that everyone else could run, so I could run. It was just that I hadn't done it for such a long time that um, I just needed to um, kind of dig in a little bit and, and, and make it happen. And the fact that other people could do it and I couldn't it was just really me being unfit. And I think, you know, when you're in your early 30s and you're unfit, you know, it, it's like you realise that something's a little bit wrong. And, and so um, I just kind of persisted with it. Um, and having persisted with it, I realised that I was actually not too bad at it. It's just kind of getting over that hump. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, when they start running, that's that's one of the things you, you think, oh, you know, you see other people running and you think, oh, that looks so lovely and so easy. And, and and it was the same for me. I'd have people around me who were really quite good runners and I started and I was hopeless. And I looked, you know, physically not that different from it. It wasn't like I was carrying a lot of weight or I was, you know, uh, had one leg or anything I was I, I, I was kind of well equipped to run I just couldn't so um yeah it, it's um it, it was just a matter of digging in and, and and once you dig in and get through that hump then then you're okay and it's you know it's like it, you have to be a little bit patient I think it's probably one of the things that we'll talk about a, a little bit further on today um 
in, in this is, is patience and not wanting too much too soon and, and being a little bit kind to yourself. Yeah, huge. When did you realise you were good at it? Um, not for quite some time. I, 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 like I said, I started running a long, long time ago, probably 30 years ago, and I ran on and off mostly on my own and I was never really brave enough to join up with a group because I never thought I was good enough and I was never really that organised either. And, and I've never really been one for team sports, so I was never really one to kind of hang out with other people or need other people. I was quite solitary in that, which, again, I think is fairly typical from a lot of runners. I was hopeless at sports at school. Um, you know, it just wasn't really, wasn't in any school teams for anything, basically. But I, I was quite good at running, uh, and um, which I just enjoyed doing for myself. So um, uh, it was probably only when I joined a running group and found myself amongst a group of other people who were of similar capability. Um, and then you start running together and you start challenging each other, like getting a, a good cohort of other people. But it was only, it's only when, you, you know, when, you've got, when you're running on your own, you've got nothing to measure by. And I was doing a few events. I did, you know, half marathon fairly early on in the piece, probably after two or three months of starting running. I did a half marathon. Wow. Um, which was actually good. It took me like 10 years to beat that time. Um, it, like it was just a bit of a fluke, I think. Um, Wait a minute. What do, you, what do you mean by it took you 10 years to beat that time? Well, I, I, think, I, I think I did about a 90-minute half marathon. I never got under 90 minutes for another 10 years. I could, wow. Not that I did that many half marathons. I did, did do a few through that period, probably like five or six, but it took me quite a long time to actually improve on that time. So um, kind of set the bar high straight away and then couldn't beat it. But um, So I, I realised when I was doing that that I was okay but there were a whole lot of people who are a whole lot better than me. And, you know, you see the people at the front and you think they're gods, you know, like how can they run those times, you know, and, and you're, you're just a hacker in, kind of in the middle of the pack. And um, But I enjoyed doing them. I enjoyed the events and I enjoyed the atmosphere and being around people in that. So, and it does give you a bit of a measure. I mean, that's one of the things, I guess, with, with COVID at the moment, when the lack of events, it's, it's hard to keep a measure on yourself. Mm. Um, but back then, when the, in, back in the day before COVID, uh, when there were events, uh, it's, it's um, you know, it was one of the ways that you kind of know where you are in the scheme of things. Yeah. You've, um, you've said that your best running times have come in your 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, your best marathon time was at 2 hours 42? Uh, yeah, around there somewhere. Around there? Actually, well, it was, it was 2.41, but the course was measured short. <laughs> being generous and every, every runner knows their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Officially 2.41.30 or something like that, but <laughs> a few seconds around there. But the, the, the course was a little bit short, so in actual yeah. fact it was probably nearer a 2.42.20. But there we go. It's somewhere in there. But it's, it's yeah. you know, like it's not a world-beating time by any, any stretch, but it's a decent time for someone that old age-wise it's a good time it's an incredible time and actually that that is my question like for someone of that age like what is what is your mindset you know when you've achieved that going into the next marathon because I mean you can ask that of anyone of any age but I I think the the answer would be different to a twenty year old who's run that time, and you know what's next for them compared to a fifty year old. So, what what was your mindset, and what was what was the driver, but behind you know keeping on running and and whatnot? I'm not, I'm not sure it is that different to a twenty year old in terms of mindset, or at least um, because you always want to push for the best. You know, I mean it's. I mean, I've, I've always been a recreational runner. I've always done it for enjoyment, not to not to win things or not not to impress other people. I've always done it for my own kind of enjoyment and my own purposes. And like I say, I, I, I joined a running group and um, had a, a good bunch of friends who were, you know, we trained together, we did events together, we competed against each other. So we were, you know, like as much as anything, you're trying to keep up with them and on a good day, you're trying to beat them. Uh, and on a good day, they're trying to beat you. So you kind of challenge each other in that way. So, um, you know, you, you're always going out to try and be the best that you can be. Um, and some days 
you have a good run and and you know all of my best runs have been accidental good runs it's like I've, I've gone out not with well I haven't gone out with anything particular in mind I haven't thought this is the day or this is what I'm going to do I've gone out and I've been in good form and you know the stars have aligned and I've been quite relaxed and had a good run and things have fallen into place and that's my that's my personal best by some considerable way it's about seven minutes better than my next previous best and that one itself is about another seven minutes better than the one behind it so um you know you have days when things just fall into place and things happen um and you know i, I guess when people talk about feeling the flow or being in the in the in the flow that's exactly what it is um, and i see coaching on it and just generally with other runners i see when when, when you do pick out an event and you say this is going to be the event where i'm going to um, you know, you, you, you pick it out six months in advance, you train for it really hard, you, you set everything you, you are, you put everything you are into that event and then come the day and you have a really crap run because you put so much pressure on yourself and you're so tense and you never find the flow, you never find that relaxation, everything is hard and worked out and laboured and you undo yourself. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's, it's one of the things you've, you've got to be, to be your best, you've got to be in good form but you've also got to be relaxed to achieve that good form you know to actually put that training to effect so i think the the motivation for me is always to go out and be my best um but, but unfortunately you know there comes a point where you actually you do reach the crest of the hill and from then on everything is downhill you know so since since then which was now getting on for eight or nine years ago for me um like everything has been downhill <laughs> yeah, like you've, you've done your PBs. You're never going to get close to them ever again. You can forget that. It's a matter of um, settling for what you can do and still trying to be your best at, at whatever age you are. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I, I could probably have maintained that and I, I reckon I could probably improved on that if I could have maintained the intensity. Um, but I think when you want to achieve, you've got to be quite hungry as well. And I think you see that in a lot of professional sports um i think there was a, a a boxing match with is it jeff horn last week who was on anyway and he was talking about when he was world champion he was saying he was hungry and he, he got beaten recently this week and he was saying he just wasn't hungry enough whereas the other guy who who, who beat him was hungry and it, there's a certain amount of that in any any sport even at the you know the hacker level of, of recreational running you've still got to have that hunger and that drive and the urge to to do what it takes to to do it and once you've done it you, and you or once you've lost that little bit of hunger it, it everything you know it, it stops meaning that much to you so you stop hurting yourself that, that much so you lose some of that intensity so you're never going to achieve at that high level again and that's kind of i guess where i'm at at the moment is that i've stopped i don't quite have the hunger to achieve i know i'm never going to achieve what i've achieved in the past so now it's a matter of going out still being competitive but enjoying it doing it more for enjoyment than than to to try and get a particular time when you were able to achieve those times what what was actually more satisfying to you like going out there and running your absolute freaking hardest and having nothing left and it being so painful but getting an awesome time or was it you know that flow and that enjoyment and just being able to enjoy a run and whether or not that that came with a, a great time like what's more satisfying to you as a runner and I know that might be different for a recreational runner but like what what would you prefer to go hard, get the time, or just to enjoy enjoy the run? I, I guess my PBs have always happened a bit by accident. Like I said, I've never really set set out to do a PB. They kind of happened, and I, I very rarely look at my watch when I'm running. So I've got no idea what time I'm doing. I'm just out there running. Um, so on both my, uh, my my half marathon PB and my marathon PB, which weren't that far apart in terms of like when they actually happened, they were both a surprise to me when I crossed the line and then looked at my watch or looked at the, the finish clock. I thought, wow, how did that happen? And and uh, on both occasions, I've, I've finished feeling pretty good. So it's not like I've, you know, totally emptied the tank or, you know, I'm just in a heap on the floor. I've actually crossed finishing thinking, well, that's all right. I mean, I could probably have kept on going at that pace. Like I've still got some left. 
but then there's lots of other times where you've, you you know you, you do a time that's really average or nowhere near what you were hoping for and you just totally spent you know i mean i think that's that's part of the joy of running it, it's a bit non-linear you know there isn't it's not a constant line of improvement or a constant line of decline there's always bits that surprise you either either by being better than they should be from for the amount of work that you've done or or, or being lots worse than they should be or a lot harder than they should be from the amount of work that you've done you kind of you, you get you get good days you get bad days um but for me which do i enjoy most? i, I probably uh, enjoy um I enjoy the flow, obviously. I think that's, you know, when you're in that and, and you do the time, you think, gosh, that's like you, you've impressed yourself. I mean, I think that's, if, if you can impress yourself, that's far more important than impressing anybody else. Yes, I love that. Do you look at those accidental PBs and go, I felt really good. Could I have gone even better? Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> But that's that's you know that's twenty twenty hindsight, isn't it? You know, it's it's. If you could have gone harder, you, you would have gone harder. That's that's kind of how I answer that. You know, when people say, "Oh, you know, like I got this time and I could have, I reckon I could have taken another five minutes off." It's well, why didn't you? You know, like if you could have done at the time, you would have done. You, the reason you didn't was because you're already kind of at the level where there was no more to give. You know, and and. It's um, even though I finished feeling relaxed um, on, on those t- on those occasions, it doesn't mean that I would have gone any faster. I think if I'd have gone faster, I probably would have achieved probably a similar result, but felt worse. You know, I don't I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's it's an easy question to ask and a hard one to answer. Um, you know, it, it is it is hard to know. Did I did I give everything I've got? Could I have squeezed out a few? few bits more could I have gone harder in this section of the race or that bit or or whatever but I think you know if if you if you make decisions in the race like I need to maintain this pace or I can go harder I can do this or you can do that and at the end of the day the result is the consequence of all those little decisions that you make through the race and yeah. you, know, you, you can't you can't wish it away because that's what you decided at the time that's the way it is yeah and making peace with that yeah. And be yeah. happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what have been some some challenges or your biggest challenges or setbacks? I, I guess the biggest challenges for, for most runners would be either injury or um, lack of motivation. And injuries happen to everyone. And I think, you know, I've, I've been running long enough to have had a fair array of injuries and not as badly as some people, though. It has to be said, I've been, I think I've been fairly lucky in the scheme of things. Um, but um, yeah, every, everyone gets injured, and it, it, it's hard because, especially if you're in a good spot when you're really, you know, your training's going really well, you're really enjoying it. It's kind of, you know, it's what you do for your, yourself, it's what you do for your physical fitness, it's your social life, and all of a sudden you can't run. Um, you know, like you've lost, you've lost your group of friends because you're not running with them anymore, and you're, you know, you're, you're feeling like crap because you sat at home watching tv instead of being out in the cold and the wet running you know it's it's um it is hard when you're injured you're not able to run and you have to be like i say patience is a bit of a one of those things you kind of have to have in in running Uh, i think probably harder is is loss of motivation which can hit you for no good reason at all you can be again really going well and all of a sudden just not feel it anymore you're just not um you're not motivated to run anymore. You just rather lie in bed than get up and you just, you go out running and you don't enjoy it all of a sudden. And I, I think that's a, that's a much harder one to work through. Injuries, you can kind of put onto somebody else. You can say, oh, you know, my physio is telling me I can only do this or, you know, but the podiatrist has told me to take a month off or, or whatever it is. You can kind of, you've, you've got a bit of a, you, somebody else is taking the responsibility for, for what you do and, you, and and then you have a recovery plan for getting you back into it. But with motivation, the only person driving and, 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 and deciding how it is is you and you've, you've kind of, it's that um, you've got to take control of that inner voice a little bit and bully it and, and um, force yourself out. And I think sometimes when those things happen, you have to lie to yourself to tell yourself that I'm only going to go for a 1K run. If I don't like it, I'm going to turn around and come home. 
just go out for five minutes if, it, if it's totally terrible let's let's stop and walk home or you know you just have to find kind of force your way through it a little bit some of that i mean it's it's a function of overtraining and sometimes that that you have done too much that physically you're you know you're just beaten up so sometimes you do need to back it off and and, and do a rest take a rest period if it happens to me and when it's happened to me i i'm I, I, you know, it'll be a bit of a rest and it'll, then I'll try and find places where I like running. So, you know, I might go out on a trail that I like or I might go down to a bit of beach that I like running alongside or, um, you know, I'll find places that I like to run and sometimes I'll just force myself out the door whether I like it or not. You know, good weather helps. I'm, I'm a real fair weather runner. I'm a softie. I hate this cold weather that we've been having. I find winter's really hard. So I get, I do personally, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people do get demotivated during the winters because uh, it's just hard to walk walk out and, you know, when it's one degree outside or it's pouring with rain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I find it so much easier, in, you know, when it's a lovely light morning and you get out of bed and it's, you know, it's just, you know, 20 degrees at six in the morning and it's just lovely. That's, that's my ideal weather. So, um, you know, whether does external factors come into it, but a lot of it, I think, is managing the the internal voice that you have, that dialogue that you have with yourself. And sometimes, like I say, you just have to have to be a bit of a bully on you on yourself and and um, tell the inner voice to shut up and just go do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, in fact, I've found myself doing just that, saying, you know, you just run to the end of the street and come back. That's all you yeah, have. Yeah, you never feel that bad once you're out the door. That's yeah, half the battle. It's just getting out the, exactly. out the door. And it's like for a lot of people, you know, whether you go to the gym or not, it's like, I know I should, but I don't want to. And, like I, and, and, you know, the thought of walking in the door of the gym is just so awful. But when you're actually in the door, it's okay. Once you're in there, like it's not as threatening or as awful or as intimidating exactly. or as whatever you think, you know, like yeah. it's just doing it is, is most of the battle. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of... 2020 and challenges (laughs) what have you been doing uh this year specifically for your running and uh how have you kept your motivation and the motivation of your runners up um i guess we've been really lucky in south australia that we we haven't had that many restrictions so in terms of the running groups i have we've just managed the social distancing kind of aspect of things um, and we've been sensible and we've followed all the rules, but it hasn't really stopped us doing our group runs. I mean, most, most group runs, uh, particularly in, in, in the groups that, that I run with, we don't run as a, a mob of people. We tend to run in twos and threes anyway. People have their group of people who are about the same pace or who they enjoy being with. And, and it's so it breaks down naturally into groups. But I think on a um, generally, I mean, I think what I do is train people for events and there's been no events. So that's kind of hard and it's hard for people to, to train for something that isn't there. So like, what's the point of following a plan because there's nothing on the end of it. And you kind of just have to hold out the hope that there will be some events. And there are some beginning to get on the calendar. Now there was, you know, a trial event or a couple of trial events recently. There's another one this weekend and a couple of events kind of down the back of the year. So, you know, it's, it's, People have kind of, it's, it's a matter of treading water, I guess. Keep people, you know, just kind of uh, fit and ready for the off, ready for the training plans to kick in and ready, ready to start. But it is hard, you know, when people have, you know, a number of people had, you know, kind of particular events in mind that they were going to do that have been cancelled. And, and I had, you know, myself, I had the Gold Coast planned, the marathon planned earlier in the year and that got cancelled. So that's kind of put a hole in my training Um and, you know, like it'll be next year or it'll be the next year. Again, it's just a matter of patience. You just have to hang in there, wait for wait for the good times to come back if they ever do. Um, but I think I don't think it's going to be different for quite some time following what's, what's happened this year. But there are events and they're smaller events and um, they're being run differently. And I, I don't know if we'll ever get back to, to as it was. Um, but it's just a matter of tread water, keep yourself going, do what you can, keep yourself fit, and then hopefully at some point we'll all be able to do something. 
you know, we'll all be able to have an event somewhere. But the running running continues. I mean, people still like to catch up with it, with their friends, still like to go for coffee after the runs. You know, that's probably the most important part of, of the running, I think, for a lot of people is the socialisation that it gives them. And, and in lockdown, people working from home, running has actually been quite a good outlet. And I certainly noticed when we were in like one of the early lockdown stages when a lot more people were working from home, how many runners there were out there on the roads, lots of people out there. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of the ways that people can find to, to you know, find a bit of headspace and also um, find a little bit of companionship with other people. Mm, absolutely. In your mind, what makes a good coach? You've got to have um, an empathy with the people that you're training. I think a good coach also, you've got to have some experience. And I'm just like, say, I'm, I'm a hacker, I'm a recreational runner, I'm not an elite, I've never been an elite um, runner. So a lot of the people that I train are from similar backgrounds, so people who've kind of stumbled into running in midlife or, or thereabouts, you know, after after children or, you know, or when children leave home or whatever and taken up running and it, it's so I can relate to people I think so that's an important quality of a coach is be able to relate to your runners because you've you've been there yourself you've been through what they've been through you know juggling kind of kids sports while you're trying to find space for yourself to do some stuff those kinds of things so I think think having an empathy um with your with, with your clients is good um communications obviously um the important one um, and, and learning to communicate with with people in a way that they can understand not um, not dictating and not directing but but working with them in a way that that they respond to and I think that comes down to understanding the the, the people that you that you're training uh, understanding the challenges that they face and understanding what they want to get out to it because not everyone wants to be an elite everyone's some people are very competitive some people are not competitive at all some people like to do marathons and they'll take them five hours and some people like to do marathons and they're struggling to get you know they want to break the three-hour barrier or you know whatever their their goals are you get you get a wide range of kind of running aspirations that you have to manage so you have to be able to relate to all of those um, which is down to kind of just understanding, understanding people. So I, I guess empathy, understanding, communications, those are the, the real qualities. It's not, I think, to, to have that, you've got to have done some of it yourself. I don't think you could be, and I, I mean, I couldn't be a basketball coach because I'm going to play basketball. So I can be a running coach because I've been a runner. So I've been through the same kind of things. Um, you know, you've, you've got to have been there and done it yourself, which kind of gives you the skills to do the other things. You keep saying that you're not an elite runner. <laughs> but two hours 42 sounds like kind of hitting the elite runner's stage. What's, um, just so people get a good idea of how much you actually run, could you give us maybe uh, looking back to maybe your, your best times, and I know you said that was like in your 50s, what was the load? What, how much were you running? How much do you still run now? Like, what does your mileage look like? Um, probably back then I would do um, maybe five runs a week and I'd do a long run Saturday and a long run Sunday. So over the weekend I might run 50 or 60 Ks and then another couple of 10 Ks during the week. So maybe 80 or 90 um, and it's probably about the same now. I'm going to have have phases where I challenge myself to 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 run a lot, like run quite high volumes. Um, but if I do run high volumes, I run them slowly. So I don't. It's again, I'm, I'm pro the different coaches have different ways of 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 uh, going about things. And I'm I'm probably on the the more high mileage end of things than the high intensity end of things. I think if you you know, if you read a, a running magazine program, training program, or you get an app off somewhere from the app store, and um, a lot of them focus a lot on high-intensity type stuff, interval training, you know, short reps, those kinds of things, you know. Um, and, I, and I've never been um, 
into that particularly. I don't enjoy it. I find them really hard, which I guess is the point of them. But um, for me, I'm soft. I'm, I'm lazy. I don't, I don't like those hard sessions. Um, and I've also, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I've managed to stay as injury-free as I have, whilst I'm not totally injury-free. Like, I've, I've been okay that because high-intensity does tend to not i mean this is a very wide generalization high intensity puts more load on your body over a short space of time and, and you are it can kind of find the little niggles turn the little niggles into injuries um so um i've, I've never been a high intensity kind of person i've been more more been a high volume kind of person um i guess we probably we might we might get to this a little bit a little bit later but um i, I um I, I kind of have this, my my, my um, kind of theory is that you build an engine and then you learn to rev it. You kind of, you build an engine, which is building the base, basically, with a lot of, not necessarily slow, but comfortable running, like a reasonable volume of that. And then if you want to get your speed, you put your speed on top of that. Whereas a lot of programs start with speed as an integral part right from the beginning and work out from there. Um, I kind of prefer to do it the other way. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. how do we build the engine. Well, um, for me, running is about doing it. You can't get good at running by about reading at it, and and um, no amount of technique will improve your speed necessarily. I mean, running is lungs, legs, um, and then once you've sorted those two out, you've got to sort the bit out between your ears. Um, and um, initially when you start running, like when I started running, you know, 200 metres and then hanging on a fence, that was, that was my lungs giving out. Once I'd kind of trained my lungs to synchronise with my legs, um, then, then you can kind of work on a bit of, a bit of challenge for your, for your legs as well. Um, so you, you kind of you, you build your base by, by, by doing, just by lots of running and, and um, when I say lots of running, I mean, for me, a typical, a decent run is a 10K run, which when you're, say, it's, you know, anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour and 10 minutes, somewhere in there is a decent run. And then longer runs on the weekend, which might be, you know, an hour and a half, might be two hours, you know, and if you're training for marathons, you might be doing runs at two, two and a half, getting towards three hours, but probably not much more than that. Um, so, you know, two or three runs of 10Ks, and maybe a longer run on the weekend, so maybe three three fifty minute sessions and a and an hour and a half would be a good base, a good way of building a base. But certainly when you're starting, if you're a newbie, that's not how you'd start. You'd start by going out and doing, you know, maybe two five k runs, which might take you the forty five fifty minutes, you know, and you build that up from two runs to three runs. Um, and then you start building up the distance within each of those, and then you start building up the distance of your long runs. Um, and you, you know, the heart rate training was one of the things that was just starting. I think the early heart rate monitors were just coming out when I started running way, way back. Um, and that was there was a bit of a, a thing about training for heart rate, and it still happens. Um, and, and zone two training, people running in a, a comfortable training zone, you know, keeping your heart rate below a certain level. And what you'll find if you if you do that, if you run with your with your heart rate at a low level, as the fitter you get, you can go faster and still keep your heart rate in that in that zone. So your fitness will keep improving, and your heart rate. Will, will stay low because you're not working as hard because you're getting fitter. Um, and, and that's one of the basis, I guess. That's, that's kind of building the engine. That's, that's getting used to running. And I also find that running, if you do enough running, you kind of start to sort out your technique a little bit. You start knocking off the rough edges. Um, you start uh, smoothing things out, not necessarily for everyone, but for a lot of people that will help kind of get their technique things get a bit more comfortable for you um but you get you get better you learn things as you go along uh, and, and your tolerance for being out on your own because um, whilst i recommend running with a group because that's kind of a good distraction some of it is is running on, on your own and i think that's one of the things that people find hard with running and people say oh, I, you know i just don't enjoy running because it's, it's one of the few occasions you find when you're not being distracted by something else it's like it's you inside your own head and the only person talking to you is you 
um, you haven't, you know, obviously you can have music and earphones. That's a good way of distracting yourself. But if you get, if you get rid of that, then you kind of stuck with that inner voice that's saying, this is hard, do we have to do this? Can we stop now? Have we gone far enough? You know, and then, um, so I think people felt find that a little bit uncomfortable and a bit confronting when, when, you, when you're used to a world where, you know, you've got your phone with you the whole time, you've always got some form of distraction with you. Running without distraction is quite hard for people, I think. But that's just a matter of learning over time, I think, what, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. I mean, what I don't understand is when you're going out on a trial and you're in middle, middle of somewhere absolutely gobsmackingly beautiful and you see come, someone coming past with headphones on, it's like you're kind of missing it, guys. Mm. But, um, but some of the time you do have to just learn to be within your own head. And and does that just come down to just doing it? Like how do you, what do you tell yourself, especially, yeah, like you said, when it's just you talking to you and you feeling the aches and the pains or how hard it is or you can hear your breathing is really, you know, really yeah. loud. <laughs> like what do you tell yourself? Uh, I don't know what you tell yourself. You tell yourself something. Uh, it, you know, you tell yourself whatever you need to at the time, I think. Or, or you, you know, I, I, I probably go off and, and start thinking about other things. You know, I, I distract myself thinking, like, oh, what, I, what have I got to do tomorrow or what have I got on this afternoon or, you know, like you, 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 you find some form of mental distraction. I think the more you run, the easier that gets. I think when, you, when you're new to running, that's quite hard. But I think the more you run, the easier that becomes. And certainly for me, I mean, I, I haven't done a run more than 30Ks for some time and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dreading that because I know because I haven't gone that far that I'm going to find it quite hard. But once I've done two or three of them, I know if they won't, they won't face me at all, I'll be fine with them. It's just getting over that little bit of a hump. So you kind of tell yourself whatever you need to, distraction in some kind of way. I think probably the worst thing you could do is concentrate on the aches and pains because once you've got something in your head like, oh, my foot's hurting or, you know, whatever it is, that becomes the only thing in your head after a while and that, that will undo you and that kind of happens during races. You've got, you've got to find some way of thinking about other things other than your own personal pain to actually get you through. Mm. And I guess the other thing is, yeah, running somewhere that is kind of lovely and inspiring and beautiful and, you know, in nature can, can help with that. Um, let's, let's talk technique because I always love this. I'm such a technique freak. Um, yep. I, I love knowing, you know, what we can do to be, you know, most efficient and, you know, like prevent injury. So uh, what is good running form and, and how do we practice it? Um, I think technique, uh, first thing I say about technique is technique won't necessarily make you faster. Technique won't necessarily prevent injury. Okay. Um, it can help, but it won't necessarily work that way. Because you see people with terrible technique who never get injured and they're actually quite fast. You can see, you know, other people who've got beautiful technique who spend a lot of time injured. So it kind of, you know, technique's an interesting component to running, but it's not, and it's something that's worth kind of looking at and thinking about but it's not going to fix all your problems or make life 100% easy for you I guess what I'd say is technique good technique is is being upright having good posture and being looking light on your feet and being light on your feet Mm. so that tends to mean not slapping the ground with your feet not hunching over um, leaning forward too much uh, and and it likewise, not sitting into your hips, not not kind of slouching. Um, so it, it's all of those things that people get told in in yoga and in Pilates and uh, you know in bar classes and 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 at the gym. You know, it's like you know have that string on top of your head pulling you tight. If you can kind of keep that tension through the body, keep taut, um, keep upright. That's a good part of technique. Uh, and that that kind of when when you do that, it'll kind of pull your hips into alignment and tighten up your core, which is um, hilarious because I remember the first time you saw me run. <laughs> I I do a bit of yoga and a bit of Pilates. <laughs> you're like, I'm pretty sure your words were, "You're a lazy runner," and that was because I was 
sitting in the hips and just I guess yeah, swinging yeah. a little. But it's a hard thing to 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 do when you're running. I mean, it's in some ways doing things in yoga and Pilates and whatever. When you're in a fairly stationary or, or slow moving, you can kind of concentrate on that. When you when you're running and you're trying to coordinate arms, legs, breathing, yeah, you know, not falling over and and keeping in good posture and keeping your hips in alignment and you know all those kinds of things. It, it, it's kind of hard to do. The other thing is that it's you know we we've all run from. You know, since we could walk, we were running, you know, like, and, and people generally don't get taught technique, you know, you, you just kind of learn to run. So you run the best way you can, and we all achieve the same thing in different ways. So, and, and there is no right way or wrong way. It's it's whatever way it is. Um, you, you'll see a lot of kind of conformity in the faster runners, you know, it's when, you, when you're looking at the, the people who are... Um, no, the, the, the elite younger runners around town, you see them zipping around in little groups of five and six uh, around the uni loop. They all look very similar in the way that they run and that's that very upright kind of posture and, and very light on their feet, which makes them kind of a more of a midfoot, forefoot type runner. Um, and that, that's partly because being forefoot, midfoot runner gives you is more efficient because you get to use your Achilles more. You know, it, it, and your Achilles is, a, is is your, it's the suspension, it's the springs in your car, it's the bit that returns energy from one stride to the next. Um, and being upright and having your core tight means that you're nice and taut, you're a, you're a kind of a, um, and we've talked about this in the past, it's like if you if you have a, a basketball and you take half the air out of it and you drop it on the floor and it just goes, as it hits the floor, and if you pump it up really hard and you drop it and you hear that bing as it bounces off the floor, you want to be the tight basketball. You want to be bouncing off the floor. So running is kind of like a bouncing or, or moving skipping. So you, you kind of need a certain tightness, which is what the, the posture gives you um, to bounce from one stride to another, and you need to be kind of mid-footed to give you that return to energy to say that you can spring from one step to another. That, in a nutshell, I guess, is kind of where I'd put technique. Yeah, that's great. How important, this is coming back to your coaching, how important do you think goals are in running, whether you're a beginner or an elite? Um, I think it's an interesting one. Um, I, I, some people run without goals and they're just happy running and uh, I guess uh, me personally, I've always found goals or challenges are, are a good way. And, and virtual events have been quite a good thing, you know, in the absence of, of real events to give people a reason to get out, get up and get out the door. So, I mean, whether your challenge is or your goal is to, to actually run a marathon for the first time or improve on your marathon time or do a PB or it's to run a certain number of times a week if you're just running for fitness. Um, or it's to, um, you know, run a certain distance every week or every month or even a year. So a lot of people have annual goals where they'll run a certain, um, you know, try and try and get to a certain volume by the end of the year. All of those things are good. I think as long as you do them for the right reasons. I've, I've seen kind of goals work against people when they've, you know, especially in the world of social media, and sometimes that will kind of drive you into a, a loss of motivation. That's the wrong driver. I think having goals is good so long as they're for the right reasons. It, it's more meaningful if you do it for yourself, and it, it's more real and it's more it's easier to to um, stick with if you do it for yourself. If, if the goal is is for you, not for anybody else. What's your annual goal? Uh, I did set an annual goal this year. What uh, was that? <laughs> I haven't achieved it because I've been injured a lot, actually, and and I've gone soft. Um, Don't goal, say that. <laughs> um, I, I, no, my top goal, people I know. My goal was to do the same volume that I did last year, which I, I ran six thousand kilometres last year. Um, but my goal was also to break um, three-hour marathon and do a one-twenty half marathon. None of those are going to happen this year because I've been injured and there haven't been any events to kind of warm up to. I'm the worst with numbers so um 6,000 kilometers what are we talking a month or a week about 500 a month 
and break that down to a week? About 120. 120. So, so what was your again? That's not you know doing that is um, is is not necessarily that difficult so long as you run often and slow. So you know if you do a, a couple of long runs on the weekend, you've got a big chunk of it there, and then you just have to get out the other five days. My other goal was to run every day, do a 10K every day, but that's long since gone. But I did that most of last – in fact, I did it all of last year apart from two days. Um, so, you know, if you if you do 10 days, 10K a day, that's 50K is done, then you just have 50 on the weekend. It's easy. So do you well, split the weekend 25-25? Uh, usually longer on the Sunday. It's just the way it works out. I tend to do it. There's a number of people in my running group who would consistently do 100Ks or more. In fact, I think you know some of them as well. <laughs> I think I do. Massage clients so they can keep out doing it. But, um, yeah, this, you know, it's not that hard. Once you get in the groove and you set yourself a routine, it's just like anything else. Running domain, tell me about it. Um, well, we're a running club. You know, who are we for? We're for anyone who jo- enjoys running. I, I guess I'd say with the caveat that we, get, we have some very capable runners in our group, but we're not particularly that competitive and we're probably more in the social part of that rather than the competitive part of that so i'd say we're for anyone who enjoys running uh, and we'll challenge anyone who's you know we'll give a challenge to anyone who who enjoys running but we don't have any particular um, you have to be able to run this time or if you don't run this time don't bother turning up kind of things we're, we're for anyone who, who who wants to get out and run um beginners do we have to be able to run 10K to run with running domain? Uh, not necessarily. So if you can run for maybe um, 20 minutes or so, that would be a good start. I, I guess probably one of the things that we also have as, as running domain is we have a, a running domain app, which has got all the training programs online, links to Strava, so you can compare your online data to your online program. Um, uh, and it all has lots of uh, calculators in there so, and lots of information to help you with your training. So that, probably that's, uh, that differentiates, differentiates us a little bit from the other running clubs around town. But uh, no, come along and join us at Running Domain. Happy to help. Happy to help uh, anyone get, get the most out of the running. Like I say, I'm um, a recreational runner myself. I've never viewed myself as being elite. I guess from my point of view, what I have to offer as a coach is my experience as as a runner who's done a lot and seen a lot and trained a lot of people and, you know, there's probably, you know, not much I haven't seen. I guess what I have to offer is my experience. Absolutely. Going back to, to the story of, you know, when you first <laughs> filmed me running and my technique, like just, I mean, having someone look at you and go, well, you know, you're doing this. How about you try this is really quite powerful because, you know, you're not aware of what you're doing until you're told that you're doing it really. And, uh, and so being able to then feel that and then go, oh, yeah, that's right. This does feel better when I do this. <laughs> so. well, that's probably very much the same as you, aren't you. I'm sure you would have clients who walk in the door and you can do it just the way that they walk in the door. You, you'd know what's wrong with them before you've even got them on the bed, you know. Like yeah. it, it, it's the same for, for, for me, you know. You get used to watching people. You get used to seeing how they move and, and where they're getting their power from and where they're, where they're putting their energy. It's the same kind of things, I guess. Yeah. Any, anyone, like whether you're a physio or a podiatrist or you know, a massage therapist, you, you, you get used to watching people and you get used to learning Absolutely. how things happen. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Chris, always a pleasure chatting with you. Before we finish up, what are your three tips for those wanting to start running? Um, I guess... My tips are more things not to do rather than things to do. My tips are not don't uh, don't worry about equipment or shoes or you know having the right shirt or having the right shorts or having the right whatever. As long as you've got something, that's a start. Don't worry about style or technique because we all do it differently. You know there is you know you think oh, I can't run because I look terrible or I do this really awful or I'm I'm really heavy or you know don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And then 
and don't worry about being ready. I mean, that's the other thing is like, oh, I'll, I'll do it when I'm when I'm fit or when I'm this or when I'm there. So all my tips are don'ts. Those don't are the most powerful tips I've ever heard. You've basically um, removed all barriers. That's it, you know, as the saying goes, just do it. You know, don't don't set your targets too large. Just get yourself to the end of the road and back or round the oval once, you know, and build from there. Brilliant. And I'm going to throw another one at you. What are three tips or one major tip for those chasing a PB? All right, here's, here's my tips. Have a good base. In other words, do the work. Yeah. You know, like if you're training for a half marathon, make sure that you've done enough running to do a half marathon, you know, like have a good solid base. Um, learn to tolerate discomfort because if you want to do a PB, you're going to have to work, you're going to have to push. So learn to learn to tolerate discomfort, which is where some of that speed work that we talked about earlier comes in. Uh, tempo tempo work is, is good, like sitting on your threshold, running at kind of the level that is doable but uncomfortable. Uh, and and learning to that's a great way of training your brain just to shut up when it's telling you to stop you know just learn to control that inner voice um, and deal with that discomfort so that's my other tip is this is discomfort and the other one is be relaxed you know don't don't be so nervous and so tight and so anxious that you can't achieve and that's that's a real race day one the other two I guess are in preparation, you know, getting the base and, and learning to tolerate pain and things you do before race day. On race day, you need to do everything you can to be relaxed, which is making sure that you're where you should be when you need to be there, not racing or, you know, and I mean, not, you know, racing to get to the start line or, you know, forgetting where you put your shoes or silly things like that. But, you know, getting yourself there in good time and being relaxed and being comfortable and being well warmed up and just getting everything ready to go out and do your best. So race day preparation really is all about being relaxed. And if you can can get the base, tolerate pain, and then, you know, put it into action on the day by being relaxed, hopefully you'll find that flow and that's where you'll get your PB. Sensational. Chris, it is always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for talking to me, Jackie. Oh man, how good was that? Those tips were just like mic drop, boom. (laughs) So practical. Everything that Chris says just makes sense. And he's, like I said, has helped me so much. And and I know you'll get so much out of this and just, you know, applying the stuff, just apply it, just show up and do the work. The results will come. If you loved this episode, then please share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe to the Bodies Built Better podcast because the more subscribers we get, the more we know we're doing all the right stuff. And uh, and everything that we do is for you. I think that's a song line somewhere. Anyway, we love your support and we love bringing you awesome people. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an awesome day, week month and year and here is to a world of bodies built better.